Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mondo Show, the rabbi, the myth, the legend, <laughs> not just for your mom, for my mom, <laughs> for me, for you. Rabbi, welcome back. You hey. have been traveling all over the United States. I watched you with Kathy Lee yesterday on TV. You're back on the orange couch. I love it. Ted says it's an obnoxious couch. I think it's a nice couch. I think my grandma would love this couch. <laughs> It is what awesome. do you think? I love it, man. Just you know, chilling. what's funny about life is that the people that, you know, really impacts you, you know, and the impact that you get from certain people, you just, you can't pick them. You can't choose them. But when they come into your life, yeah. you have to admire that. And, and people like you, I admire not only from afar, but I get to call you a friend. Yeah. I'm a next gang member from East <laughs> LA. The world said, lock them up, throw the key away. And I got friends like you. Ted will never claim me as his friend. One day we'll show Ted on TV, but I'm honored to call you a friend. Uh, same here, brother. Where I come from, we call them homeboys. Is yeah, that all right? That's all right, homie. <laughs> Listen, if Rabbi can show you his MJs, can, I, can we show him the MJs? <laughs> Ted is probably fainting right now. What are you doing showing the MJs? But this is not TBN. This is not your day star. This is my hood, right? This that's is the right. orange couch. Mondo world. <laughs> You had a theme song for me. What was that? Mondo, Mondo, man. There you go. <laughs> if you stay tuned, I may get the rabbi to rap me a song. I heard you're rapping a song, and you got to do it on my program, but you got a brand new book out called The God of the Way. This is all about a journey into the people that have stories to tell, people that have impacted history can we impact history, you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we're called to be a link in the chain. So in this book, God of the Way, it's a follow-up to The Rock, the Road, and the Rabbi, which was about the land of Israel. And this is about the people of the Bible. And their lives were written for our benefit because we can do the greater things than these. You know what's that so amazing that when you talk about that is, I just got back from Rome. And one of my favorite people in the Bible is Peter. Now, that's rare because most people deal with, they want to be like David and Joshua. Man, can I be honest? Can I confess my sins? <laughs> <laughs> you ever cuss even after being saved? I've cussed a few times after being saved. Is that all right? Can I confess? Hey, that, that's all right. I had to confess to the Catholic Church when I was there, so I'm going to confess to the rabbi. Right, i got to right. get into heaven. I don't know about you, but I've done some crazy things in my life. I want to make sure I, I want to yeah. go to heaven. But a, 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 a thing that happened in the Bible to me, a, a personality that really touched me was Peter. Absolutely. And you write about Peter. Yeah. And you write about the life that he lived. Can I ask you this? Why is Peter, for me, more about this generation than Joshua? Now, I may be wrong, but there's a lot of cussers in the church. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> people that are just normal, yet God used those type of people. Absolutely. Why do you think God chose Peter to impact history? I think Peter had a passion for God. He had a zeal. He had an energy. He was not going to back down. He was just going to go for it. And he had this deep love for the Lord. And But I think Peter's story is so powerful 
because Peter's story is really about second chances. Mm. And it's so interesting. One of the things we talk about in Peter is that he's really the New Testament Jonah. Oh. So think about it for a moment, right? When Peter has this vision of the sheet coming down out of heaven, he's in the city of Joppa. Joppa's the same city where Jonah fled from the Lord yeah. and denied the Lord. So just like Peter denied the Lord three times, the whole Jonah story is centered around uh, the, num- the number three. And Peter didn't want to go with the unclean things, but, ev- but he, but he uh, did go, right? Peter denied the Lord three times, just like Jonah yeah. denied the Lord. And the beautiful thing about it is that, you know, Peter's name is actually Simon, son of Jonah. And so literally he is the New Testament Jonah. And just like Jonah went to the nations to preach the message of salvation, the only Jewish prophet that goes and brings revival among the Gentiles, it's Peter that opens up revival to the Gentiles as well, right? Listen, I'm a terrible interviewer. I I, I forgot (laughs) to introduce you, but for me, everyone knows you. And I'm still so mesmerized that you're on my program (laughs) that you're on the orange couch, you're sitting here a few hours ago, you were on national syndicated you know, program with Kathy Lee Gifford, and now you're here with this kid from East LA, California, and my show's being syndicated nationally through the PTO network, but it's just, uh, for me, listen, let me tell you something. You gotta believe that God has a purpose for your life. You gotta understand Jeremiah 29, 11, and believe it because God will do unbelievable things you don't have to be, you know, this cookie-cutter person. And, and you know, not. in the past, maybe. But today, you just have to be willing to say, yes, God, obey God, and stay within the realms of what God has called you and I to do for this purpose in his life. And, and listen, one of the things I love about Peter is that Peter was real. And you got to be real with God. If you're going to serve him, admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you're a cusser. Admit that you're smoking. Quit hiding yeah. and pretending to be somebody that you're not. In my neighborhood, we call that a wannabe. Yeah, and, and, and Peter dealt with so much stuff. Like, Peter dealt with failure. He dealt with shame. He dealt with, you know, fear. So it's so interesting. We talk about in the book how Peter was fishing all night, and he caught nothing, Ooh. right? And Jesus is cast and that's again. Well, the Hebrew word for fish is dog. The same word for fish is also the word for worry or anxiety, Peter caught nothing because he was fishing from a place of fear, worry, and anxiety. And when we live from that place, our nets are going to be left to us to us empty, wow. right? And Jesus cast in it again. And I think this is a season where God is wanting to move us from fear to faith and from faith to trust because he wants to fill our nets. You're a national best-selling author. <laughs> How does that feel? Is that weird? God's got a good sense of humor. <laughs> Talking about a kid who dropped out of high school. Wow. So you weren't perfect? Uh, uh, believe me, I was, I was a wild child, far from perfect, did a lot of dumb stuff, but uh, God's grace reached out to me and grabbed hold of me. And Here you're so a good. best-selling author. You're an advisor to one of the, what I believe to become the number one Jesus series of all time, The Chosen. And a friend of mine just sent me a picture He's a former Marine, and he's in Dallas, and he said, hey, I'm being casted as an extra in one of the episodes. <laughs> I said, well, don't mess it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but here you are at the forefront of our culture. 
you're impacting the culture. You're moving the needle in the culture. A kid that comes from Jewish background, how important is it for us to understand that God is not looking for perfection? He's just willing for someone to say yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's one of, I think, the big mistakes that we make. I think God didn't create the world perfect. He created it good. And so we're never going to be perfect, but, and our life is never going to be perfect. And it says God works all things out together, not for perfect, but for good. And so I think it's not about perfection. It's about saying, God, I'm willing to give you, you know, all that I have. And it's like the miracle of the bread and the fish. When we bring our five loaves and our two fish, if we just bring it to the Lord, he can multiply and do something so much more. How does a guy like you hook up with Kathy Lee Gifford? We've watched her on television. Even in the hood, we watched her in Regis. <laughs> that was funny. You know, but how do you get hooked up with Kathy Lee Gifford? How does she come into the picture and changes? I mean, you listen, you've written books with her in the past. Yeah. You've written another book today. And by the way, you got to go get this book. Pre-order it right now. Go online. I'm going to put a link on the screen where you can go get it. The God of the way. If there was ever a time that we need hope is right now. Listen, everywhere we're turning, we're losing hope. Even, you know, we watch sports and sports are disappointing us or, or, or heroes are disappointing us. R&B music was changed. It disappointed us when R. Kelly came out. I know I'm not supposed to talk about R. Kelly and all that, but I do because I got to meet him one time. Got to pray with him one time. When, you know, the famous song came out, right? Everybody was playing at a church, and, and we all identify, I believe I can fly. I mean, we all those are great moments of our history in the 90s and the 2000s. I go back in the 80s. I'm sure you do, yeah, too, right? Yeah. We're not as young as we look. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to understand one thing. Everything in life is disappointing except the Bible. Right. This is what one of the best things about this book that I found is that it encouraged me to know that God always had a purpose for our life, even when it didn't make sense. Even if it if life doesn't come together all at once in your writing, you and Kathleen do something amazing. But how does she come into the picture? And, and how did you guys meet? Yeah, I mean, it's a great story. I mean, we met because she had gone to Israel on a rabbinical study tour. Her life was impacted as she began to see the Bible from a Hebraic Jewish perspective. And she's like, man, so many things I got wrong, so many things I didn't understand. I want the world to mm. understand and to be impacted just like she was impacted. And so she decided she wanted to write a book and she tells a story she knew that she only had a pamphlet. She needed a, pa a partner to do it. She's like, I started to write, and I really had a pamphlet. And so we had a mutual friend. And so they connected us. I went to New York. I went to the Today Show. I mean, I grew up my mom watching her every yes. morning on TV. Yeah, so it was great. Went to New York, met her, sat down, and began to chat with her. And she's like, you got to be a partner with me on this book. Were and you that's nervous? Really, yeah, of course. I mean, it was, <laughs> but, it, but you know what, but, you know, God always calls us to do things that we don't really have the gifting or ability to. How right? do you talk to someone that famous? I mean, <laughs> I mean, she's as famous as you can get. But how do you talk to someone that famous about the gospel? Well, I just think you got to treat them like a normal person. I mean, everyone is like, everyone has needs. Everyone has struggles. Everyone 
has fears and hurts and pains and everyone's looking for meaning and looking for connection in life. You know, I think about Hollywood and I think about our culture and I think about there's so many different ways that they're trying to find to God. What makes this book to put us back to the way? How do we find that way? Because you talk, you write about it, the God of the way. Man, we are dealing with so much challenge, with challenges in our culture, in our society. Our young generation are trying everything. Uh, I mean, even drug experiences that even yeah, when we yeah. grew up. I mean, it's it's insane to me that it's on another level today. Different level, yeah, right? different level, yeah. And and everything is becoming more extreme, more intense, more chaotic. But I think one of the reasons why we wrote this book is because there's so much hopelessness in the world. And we want to bring hope. And, you know, hope is the belief that your future is going to be better than your past. And one of the amazing things is that in Hebrew, the word for hope is tikva. And it literally means to twist or to stretch or to strengthen. And so the point is, is that God always has to stretch us before he can strengthen us. And it's that stretching and twisting that leads to a strengthening that builds a deeper level of hope. And mm. what's interesting is that hope literally also can be translated as rope. So when Joshua went in to take the land, they told Rahab to put a scarlet cord in her window. It's that same Hebrew word, tikva. Wow. Okay, hope is a rope. Hope is the rope that will pull you out of your pains, out of your hurts from your past, and will pull you into the promise of the future. It's that unbreakable, for sure, you can take it to the bank, promise from God, and when you know the blessed hope that we have eternal life in Jesus and that he's coming, doesn't matter what happens around us, we know that what's coming is better than what was. How do you find hope, Rabbi? Yeah, I mean, I find hope by being in the Word and like I think, again, studying what God did in the past through the lives of these great men and women and the promises that he made to them and the promises that he still has for us to me is just so foundational, mm -hmm. both what God has done in the promises in his word, but also to look, God always says in the scripture, remember. And I just, oftentimes I just have to sit back and man, look at all the times God has shown up in my life or lives of my friends like you. And look where God has brought you. And I'm like, man, if there's hope for that person, there's hope for me. And one of the things that I love in this book is we talk about the story of the prodigal son. And we talk about how the prodigal son had his, had his awakening in the pig pen. Mm. And why in the pig pen? Well, the pig is the most unclean kosher animal. Why? Because it has the outward sign of being kosher, cloven hooves, but it lacks the internal sign, which is chewing the cud. So it's the ultimate hypocrite. Looks good on the outside, not yeah. clean on the inside. But the word for pig in Hebrew is the same word to return. So the rabbis say that in the Messianic kingdom, pigs are going to return and be kosher. God is going to transform them, and they're going to become clean and kosher again. Well, if there's a promise for the pig, <laughs> there's a promise for us, right? Oh, boy. If there's hope for the pig, then there's hope for us, that God can transform us no matter how low we've fallen, no matter what it is that we're struggling in our life, doesn't make a difference. And listen, that is the message for you. I mean, I can't believe you're talking about hope. 
I was just in, I told you I was in Rome and there was a gentleman there that he said, I lost all hope. I don't know how I can get back up. And the one thing I knew to do, the power of the word. Mm -hmm. People have always asked me, how does a guy like you not walk away from the faith? How do you not go back to gangs and, and the, the whole lifestyle? But it's been the power of the word that has kept me for 20. I've been in ministry 26 years. Full-time ministry. I have not held a, a regular job. I believe the scripture. Yet, it always been the word that has sustained me. And here, chapter 7 is all about the power of the word. Let's go back to this, because I want you to understand something. You've heard about the Bible. You, you've heard preachers talk about the Bible. Maybe your grandma or your mom dragged you to church, and maybe, maybe you're in a music group, and they make you sing about God, yet you've never experienced the power of the Word. I was in Denmark about, oh my gosh, 20-some years ago, and here I was traveling the world talking about God, yet I never experienced the power of God. I was telling people about God, yet I've never experienced the power of God. I was praying that people will experience God, yet I never felt that experience. And God took me to the Word. And I, I got to tell you this, Matthew chapter 7, he rebuked me. You ever been rebuked by God, Rabbi? Yeah. To get your attention? Yeah. Because here we are playing church, yet we never experienced God. But how powerful it is for us to understand the power of the Word of God, especially in this culture that is forever changing. Famous people in the church are walking away from institution church. Famous rappers, and, and God bless them, their own experience, but yet is sending the wrong message. But how powerful it was for you to write chapter 7, the power of the Word? Oh, yeah, it's just incredible because... When you think about all of the metaphors in Scripture, right, the Scripture is sharper than a two-edged sword, right? So it's powerful. A sword is powerful, right? Why two-edged? It's the old and the new. Jesus overcame the enemy in the desert when he was tempted and tested by quoting the Word. Think about it. God spoke the world into existence by his Word. So the Word of God is what holds all of creation together. All of creation is held together by his words. Ten words, God creates the world. Ten plagues on Egypt. Why ten plagues on Egypt? It ties back to the ten words of creation. When Pharaoh disobeyed the word of God, it went from order to chaos. Mm. So literally, you had an undoing of creation where God said, let there be light, now there was darkness. When God brought forth life, now there's death of the firstborn. When we don't know God's word and we're ignorant of the wisdom and the truth, chaos. That's what we're seeing in the world today. There is chaos because just like yeah. there are natural laws, I can say I don't believe in gravity. If I walk off the roof of my house, gravity yeah. wins, right? <laughs> I can say I don't believe in the word, but, but these spiritual principles are woven into the fabric of creation. And when we ignore these truths, it's to our own peril. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We can't have our transformation begins with the renewing of our mind. And the way we renew our mind is by the word because know the truth and the truth will set you free. So many people are enslaved to fear and anxiety and hopelessness because they're not feeding on faith, which is feeding on the word 
which is like bread for our soul. They're feeding on the world. Yeah. They're not feeding on the word. They're feeding, they're feeding on the news, which all these negative, terrible, horrible things. And you're talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of the most powerful things I found is the Hebrew word exile. And I I don't want to, I'm not going to get emotional about it, but there's so many of you that feel exile from God, exile from the church, exile from even accepting God's grace. I got a few minutes left. Can you speak to that one person that feels like in exile, that they don't feel welcome. They don't feel like they can even belong. I'm talking about you that you've been a seasoned Christian and you fell off and you f- you don't feel worthy to be even back in the church or even f- feel like you can sing or preach ever again. You write about this, the, the word, the Hebrew word exile. I want you to go get this book because if there was ever a time that you need to come back to the way, the God of the way, it is right now. It, it, nothing is making sense. Politics don't make sense. Religion is not making sense. The culture is not making sense. Nothing. It seems like nothing is making sense, yet we're hungry. We're looking for what is the right way to do things? What is the right way to say things? It's, it's so confusing, yet you're feeling like you don't belong anymore. You feel like an exile to the church. Take the next few moments and speak to those that feel exiled that need to learn about the power of the word. Yeah. I mean, it's so important because you might be feeling this. I mean, exile is about distance and it's about disconnection. And there are these four levels of disconnection or exile. It's feeling disconnected and distant from God, distant and disconnected from yourself on an emotional level. It's feeling disconnected from other people around you, and it can be even disconnected from your own physical well-being. And we're not called to live from a place of disconnection. In fact, there's one letter difference between the word for exile and redemption. In Hebrew, it's the letter Aleph, the letter that represents God's name. When we take God out or distance ourselves from God, then we're left feeling empty and isolated and disconnected and it leads to chaos in our life. But thank God, the Lord sent Yeshua Jesus, who is the word that became flesh. And he died on that cross for you and for me. And as he hung there on that cross, he came to reverse all four aspects of that exile. As he hung there on that cross, the cross we stole from the tree in the Garden of Eden, God put back on the tree his son to undo spiritual exile. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he hung there on that cross, Jesus felt disconnected. He felt distant from his father. He felt that emotional pain. He knows exactly what it is you're going through. And he did that so that he could break that emotional pain in your life, okay? That depression, that anxiety, that fear. He turned to the people around him and said, the thief said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He came to bring relational exile to an end and to bring reconnection. Crown of thorns on his head, the symbol of physical curse of creation. He took it on his head. And through the promise of God's word, the written word, and through the living word, Jesus, our Messiah, we can find spiritual healing and wholeness, We can find emotional healing and wholeness. 
we can find relational healing, wholeness, and reconciliation, and we can find physical healing in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. And I just declare that over your life right now. I declare the shalom of God, nothing missing, nothing broken, that God should begin to heal you. Just invite him in, and God will bring the breakthrough and work wonders in your life. There you have it. Step into the stories of faith and freedom. I love this right here. In the God of the Way, New York Times best-selling authors Kathy Lee Gifford and Rabbi Jason Sobel bring together the ancient and the modern. I love that. To show you how your faith can inspire the world. Listen, it's time that you can change your world. You don't have to change Africa, but if you can change your family's life, that makes the difference. You don't have to go and change China. And be, Listen, we all want to make a change, but it starts at home first. It starts in your neighborhood. It starts in your school. It starts in your inner city. It starts in your town. If you can start there, then God will use that foundation of your faith to change that which cannot be changed. The world's standards is not changing anything. It's confusing. But I want to tell you something. When you find books that can equip you to, you know what, live out your faith out loud. You do something amazing, Rabbi, that you get on television and you just inspire us. I feel inspired every time I see you on TV, every time I see you on social media, which, by the way, go on social media, follow him on Instagram, on Facebook. You got Twitter? Yeah. Yep, Twitter as well. Listen, stay in tune on what's happening right now. We need one another. And if there was ever a time where we need to get inspiration from one another, it is right now. And what better way to do it than finding good material to have in your hands? Give it as a gift. Give it to someone that is, has the inspiration to change the world, yet they don't know how to start. This one right here, The God of the Way, this book will inspire you will transform you, will challenge you, will give you the, the right mindset. I love the mindset because it's all about the mindset. And you know what? Once you understand what your calling is, you step out of the boat just like Peter, and you write about that. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you all about it. Order the book today. Pre-order it. Not just one. Get two. One for your best friend, for your homeboy. Listen, do it. It's time to be different. Stop trying to follow what everyone is doing. Change the patterns of your life. Change the behaviors. Be a trendsetter. Quit following the trend. That's why I love the rabbi. Look at you. You got MJs, <laughs> white MJs. That's not what most rabbis will wear. But I want to tell you something. Setting the trend is what changes, the, for me, the trajectory of the patterns of what you're living through in your life. And most of the time, I come to find out that you have to do it with what other people have written about. I'm a study of the word. If there was one thing that I can give you advice is stay in the word. Don't allow culture to change your views of the Bible. Better yet, you can transform it. Can you do something for me? Yeah. We got to go. I know right. you can rap. Yeah. Shabbat rap. <laughs> this is how we're going to end right. this All program. Right. Author, right. best-selling author, <laughs> this guy right here. All right. I love you, Rabbi Jason Sobel, the God of the way. Order the book as we leave. I want All you right. to just break it down for right. us. God brought us out 
of Egypt land with the mighty arm and with an outstretched hand. He parted the seas. It's so much love. He sent his son from above. He gave his life and died on the tree so he could set you and I free. There you have it. Jason Sobel, Rabbi Jason Sobel, the author of The God of the Way. I got to go. But until next time, remember this. Keep the faith. It's going to be all right. Bye-bye. <laughs>